You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It is The Big Show. George Russick is away. My name is Matty Rose. Peter Klein joins me. Patty Dumas is here. GVP is here. We got the whole crew live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basement E. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to speak with our next guest. You hear him Monday through Friday at noon here on Sportsnet 960. He is the host of the Fan Checkdown for the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese joins us. Hey, Matt, how's it going, man? How'd you enjoy that Sunday yesterday? Well, it was, I'll tell you this, it was a lot less stressful after the Jags loss. Being a Bills fan, I'm watching the Titans game and I'm, I'm never, I never cheer for other teams. I don't do that. And yesterday I was legitimately cheering for Derrick Henry to run the ball down the throat of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So after that loss and watching how that game went, uh, I was pretty good. I was in a good place. I could enjoy the Bills game knowing that they were in the playoffs, but I mean, focusing on, on those games that had playoff implications, I mean, certainly uh, a very interesting day. And then, of course, interesting day today with, uh, with all the news coming out about the firings and, and uh, people being removed from position. So it's going to be a very interesting couple of days. It is. Um, listen, there is a ton of NFL that we have to get to, and we're going to dive into all of it. But Elliot treated, tweeted out eight minutes ago, Toronto and William Nylander closing in eight by 11 and a half extension, full no move all the way through. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least get your thought here as this is kind of breaking news that's been percolating all weekend. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I know people are going to be upset. Like, Lee fans always get upset when it comes to contracts. And my thing is always, well, it's not your money. Um, technically, it's half of our money because Rogers uh, owns part of the Toronto Maple Leafs last time I checked. But uh, I look at it this way. William Nylander was not going to be taking any sort of a discount. He did that on the last deal as it worked out. And so I look at this deal and, and people will say, well, Bradshaw Living should have been, you know, he should have pushed them the, the camp a little bit harder during the summer. You know, you could have got him at nine and a half. You could have got him at ten. You could these are all hypotheticals. How do we know that Brad Treliving didn't go to him and say, this is what we're offering you. William Nylander said, no, no, I'm going to go into this season. I'm going to bet on myself. There are a lot of players. That. And William Nylander has a track record of being a very good player in this league. So why wouldn't he do that? So all this talk about, Oh, they should have done this and they should have done that. Well, maybe they tried to do that. I'm pretty sure Brad Treliving probably didn't want to pay William Nylander this much money. But at the end of the day, it was going to be William Nylander who had to put pen to paper. And in this case, he got the number he was looking for. He was never going to get Austin Matthews money. He was probably, you know, going to be in and around the Mitch Marner number. It turns out it was better. Like, I think this is a, a move that they have no choice in making. You can't, with the way the season is going, it's not like you're trading William Nylander this year. And then on the flip side, you can't let him walk for nothing. So signing him really felt like the only avenue for any sort of success for this organization. And, you know, we're talking about one of the best wingers in the NHL. And the way he's playing right now, you know, he's up there with guys like, with, uh, you know, the Panarins and the Kucherovs. And Lord Nylander's had a great year. So am I 
from the perspective of Toronto, I get why they did it. And I also get from the perspective of William Nylander, why he bet on himself. Like this is a no brainer for him. Matt Marchese joining us. He's the host of the fan check down. Wears a lot of hats over there in Toronto. And uh, there's the thoughts on the William Nylander extension. Uh, word is not official yet, but uh, probably going to get some sort of a press release at some point today. Eight years, 11 and a half million, no move clause all the way through for William Nylander and the Maple Leafs. All right, football. You mentioned it. The Bills win the fourth straight division title. The Dolphins lose at home. What were your takeaways from this game? Miami had an opportunity to be at home during the playoffs unless they had to go to Baltimore. But in the end, they end up choking this one away. What did you take away? What were your takeaways from this particular game? Uh, sloppy first half by the Bills, uh, but the defense is kind of the story, right? The, the defense has been excellent over the course of this five-game winning streak. And that's a testament to the job that Sean McDermott has done. I was very critical because, listen, when they fired Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady came in, you looked at it and said, well, they already jettisoned uh, Leslie Frazier at the end of last year, and, and he's doing stuff for NFL Network now. And, you know, this was going to come down to there's nobody else to blame here but Sean McDermott. And in a game where, yes, Josh Allen was – Good in the sense of he was moving the ball. Did he make some mistakes? Yes, that's what you're going to have to live with. I thought the defense really showed up and has, has played really well over the course of you know the last five or six games. Uh, but on the Miami side, I mean, that's another loss against an opponent with a record of 500 or better. The only two teams that had a worse differential, a point differential, against teams with 500 records or better, if I'm not mistaken, were the Commanders and the Giants. And those teams are so far out of the playoffs that they didn't even have a sniff. So for Miami, you know, to not win that game is massive because they, generally speaking, they've been very good at home and they haven't been good on the road. So now, you know, they're going to go into this matchup with KC. I don't know. I, I, I don't see a path here the way that the offense has, you know, kind of been up and down and the injuries that they have. And Tyreek Hill doesn't look, 100% healthy, even though he did have a, a pretty decent game yesterday. I just don't see it here for, for the Miami Dolphins. So I thought winning that game yesterday was critical, um, and they just couldn't come through. The biggest question that I have right now is, are you willing to give Tua Tagovailoa a $50 million per year contract? Because I'll tell you this right now, I'm not. What I saw yesterday is a guy that, you know, when he is under duress, does not play well a guy who doesn't have the arm strength to be, you know, among the elite in the NFL. I, I just, I don't see it. And, you know, Miami Dolphins fans will say, oh, well, they were missing Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert. Lots of guys are missing a lot of players, and they still manage to do it. I just don't see it with Tua. Uh, what about with Josh Allen? Uh, obviously, a, a lot of talk about him throughout the year, uh, turnovers and, and all of that being discussed. At length, how do you think he has kind of grown over the, the last few games here? Well, his his numbers coming into the game over the last four, I think, were not very good. Like, the passing yards numbers weren't good. I mean, he did a, an okay job at not turning over the ball, but there were still those issues. At the end of the day, with Josh Allen, you're going to have to live with the turnovers. It's the same thing that the Green Bay Packers did with Brett Favre. Brett Favre was going to go out and he was going to try and make throws that other guys can't do. And that's what Josh Allen does. And in yesterday's game, I thought about this more like in the moment I'm pissed off because he's throwing interceptions, 
But as you kind of, you know, pull, peel back the layers of the onion a little bit, you look at the turnovers. One was a great play by Christian Wilkins. He literally, like, strip sack doesn't even begin to do it justice. He literally stole the ball from him while tackling him, which is it's almost impossible to do. So that one I'm not really going to put on Josh Allen. The one where he threw the, the first one where he threw the interception in the end zone, a zero blitz, two guys, James Cook and, and I think it was Cyrus O'Torrance, both missed their blocking assignments, and two guys got free on Allen. And when you watch from Allen's perspective, Gabe Davis was there. Gabe Davis just turned the wrong direction. So I don't necessarily put all that on Josh Allen. And then the other one on the fourth down, it was basically like a punt. The play didn't work out, and he scrambled, and he tried to throw it into the end zone, and it didn't work. Like, are those detrimental for you? Sure. But Josh Allen's a guy that can still put the team on his back despite turning the ball over three times. He had over 400 yards of offense for the team. Like, I don't know how much more you can ask for from a production standpoint because people get so caught up in the, in the interception numbers, but not every interception is created equally. And I know I sound like an apologist. Generally, I'm not because I don't love the turnovers. But I think when we look back on it and say, okay, like you can kind of live with that. Are you going to be able to live with that in the playoffs? Probably not. Um, so they're going to have to do a better job of not turning the ball over. And they're going to have to do a better job of running the ball with their running backs because they really haven't done that over the course of the last three or four games. Uh, shifting gears away from that game, and I'm going to say a sentence that I, I haven't often said in my life, but I'm quite fascinated by the Jacksonville Jaguars now. Um, they, they missed the playoffs. They were the, I think, heavy favorites to, to win this division this year. And when you look at how the, the season broke down, that defense actually played really good. And you have a quarterback who was the best prospect we've had in the, the, the league in a long time. And now we're getting to the point where maybe excuses are, are starting to, to wear a little thin. Where do you think it went wrong with Jacksonville? And where do you think they go from here? Well, Trevor Lawrence, I don't think was fully healthy. So that would be a, a big part. Like it's so hard to believe that this team was eight and three and people were talking about them as a dark horse for the Super Bowl, And now they don't even make the playoffs. Um, they had that stretch where they won five in a row and everybody's like, Oh boy, look at the Jags. You know, the defense is making plays you know, causing turnovers and Trevor Lawrence is balling out. Well, I look at the season that Trevor Lawrence has had. I look at Trevor Lawrence over the last two seasons and I say, okay, you got to show me more. And they're going to have to make it, they're going to make a decision on his fifth year option, which is going to be a no brainer. They're going to sign him to the fifth year option. It, It allows them to have time to figure out what Trevor Lawrence is and how much they're willing to pay him. Like that's a big part of this conversation is what are the Jags going forward? Well, what the Jags are going forward is whatever Trevor Lawrence is going to make them. Because if he's not going to be among the elite tier of quarterbacks, the Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and uh, Josh Allen, and I mean, I, I'm, I think we're putting Jalen Hurts in that conversation and certainly Lamar Jackson. Um, but like, I, I can ask the question, is Trevor Lawrence even better than CJ Stroud? right now so that's and that's a guy that you're going to have to go up against in your division for the foreseeable future I think you know not having Christian Kirk was a big loss for this offense Um, they didn't run the ball as effectively as they probably wanted to certainly not as effectively as they did earlier in the year and I don't know if that's you know an indictment on Travis Etienne more than it is probably an indictment on just the offense as a whole and the offensive line play 
So the Jags have some decisions to make here. Like, what does this team look like going forward? The other one that is kind of clouding this season and, and what they have to do going forward is what do they do with Calvin Ridley? Because if they sign Calvin Ridley to an extension, they have to forfeit a second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons. And people forgot about that. So, like, is Calvin Ridley worth that? He ended up having, you know, overall a pretty good season for a guy that's basically sat out for two years. But are you willing to give him the money that he's probably looking for and pay up a second-round pick? I'm not sure that the Jags are there. If I'm them, I would almost rather use that second-round pick on a receiver rather than bring back Calvin Ridley at this point. Moving into the NFC and limping to the finish line doesn't even begin to describe what's going on in, in Philadelphia. Um, the, the bottom has absolutely fallen off there. They now take on Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay. Baker has more passing yards this year than Jalen Hurts, which I think a lot of people would have taken the under on that one at the, the beginning of this season. Is this salvageable in Philadelphia or do they, they just need to get to the offseason and try to figure out where this went wrong? It's funny, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, and the question they asked me was, did the Philadelphia Eagles overpay for one season of success? Because, you know, they, they did a lot last year in bringing in certain guys and making moves and dealing away draft capital and all that stuff to make this work, and maybe it was a one-year wonder. I know a lot of people were in the camp of, well, the Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Well, they didn't return a ton of starters. They, they did not return, um, you know, the same, same pizzazz, it feels like. And that's for lack of a better term. On offense, the offense just didn't play well. The defense hasn't played well. And at 10-1, and one, they were, let's face it, a very fraudulent 10-1. and one. Their schedule wasn't super tough. And it's, it's weird to me because as the schedule got tougher, I thought that they played a little bit better. But then to finish out the year as the schedule got a little bit softer, they haven't played well. And so A.J. Brown left the game with injury yesterday, and it looks like he's going to be okay. Devontae Smith didn't play yesterday because of injury. Neither did Darius Slay. Um, I know DeAndre Swift didn't play, but that was because of illness. And their defense just, that's what it is. There's nobody walking through the door coming back from injury, and you're like, oh, okay, we're going to get better. No, this is who you have. The linebackers aren't good enough. The secondary is not good enough. And going up against other teams, if the, if the Eagles are not able to run the ball effectively, it's not going to work well for their passing game. And they're not going to be able to control clock to keep their defense off the field. I think that they benefit from having the Bucks in that first-round matchup. But after that, I don't see a path to success here. I don't see a path to the Super Bowl for the Eagles. And, you know, Nick Sirianni talked about, like, you know, we've been there and we know what we got to do and blah. You've known what you've had to do all year. You've known what you've had to do the last three weeks, and you haven't done it. So I don't see where this Eagles team, as currently constructed, the way that they're playing, is going to somehow just get hot going into the playoffs because they certainly didn't look at yesterday. They certainly haven't looked at over the last three or four weeks. I just don't think they're like as good as everybody thinks they are. What about their opposition, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, obviously not a masterpiece uh, over the weekend and a 9 nothing win over Carolina, but Mike Evans was a, a stud this year. Baker Mayfield passes for over 4,000 yards. I don't know if a lot of people had Tampa Bay in their, their playoff bracket at the, the beginning of the year. How much of a challenge is Tampa Bay for the Eagles this Monday night? Well, the one thing that the Bucs do really well is they play 
they play tough against the run. So that will be good. And if you could force Jalen Hurts into obvious passing situations, I, I think that in a way, the way that the offense is playing right now kind of benefits you. The, the, the Bucks don't run the ball super efficiently. They, they try to with Rashad White, and I like Rashad White just fine, but that offensive line is not what it used to be. They're not as effective at running the ball. But what the benefit is is that they can pass. Baker Mayfield's had a really great season, enough so that he's put himself into the conversation for an extension with the Bucks or a free agent contract with someone else if they decide to go in a different direction. They can pass the ball against the Eagles' you know, porous pass defense. Mike Evans could have a field day. Chris Godwin could have a field day. I think that there is a path here, especially being at home, for the Bucks to win this game but it's certainly not going to be done on the ground. If they can, if the game plan is let's shut down the Eagles running game so that they can't control clock and, and the Bucks can pass the ball kind of at will on this Eagles defense, as long as they can keep Baker upright and in the pocket, I think they have a legit shot at winning this game. If they can't and Baker's got to scramble and make plays and, you know, kind of play like Josh Allen, well, that's not going to work for this Bucks offense. So, and if they have to rely on the running game, it's definitely not going to work. So it really feels like there is one way to beat the Eagles if you're the Bucks, and it's going to be Baker Mayfield has to have a really great game, and they've got to be able to pass the ball efficiently, effectively, and that's how they're going to score their points. The Steelers get into the playoffs. Mike Tomlin just continues to have winning seasons and get his team into the dance. Now winning in the playoffs is a different story. You've already talked about uh, your Buffalo Bills, who will be hosting the Steelers. Just a thought on maybe the season as a whole and, and any hopes that they might have for a postseason run here. Uh, the hope that they should have is that the Bills never fare well in the playoffs. That's <laughs> what the hope that they should have is. Um, and they could catch them on an off week or uh, a weird week, which seems to be you know the case all year. The thing about the Steelers is, and it's really funny because I don't know if it's fatigue with Mike Tomlin and the fan base, but I can't tell you how many people I, I said this earlier in the year, posted the video and the hate that I got from Steelers fans. When I said, Mike Tomlin is the best coach in the NFL. I cannot tell you the hate that I got from Steelers fans, not from Patriot fans who think Bill Belichick is the best, not from Ravens fans who think that John Harbaugh is the best. None of that. It was from Steelers fans. Hmm. And they're like, Oh, well, they, they draft well, and this is what he does with the players. Well, they haven't drafted a quarterback well since Ben Roethlisberger. That was 20 years ago. The guy's winning with Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, and Mitch Trubisky. And before that, a broken and old Ben Roethlisberger. If he's not the best coach in the NFL, I would love to know who is. Because the job that he's done, all, like, I know it's that, the song, all, all he does is win, man. That's it. That's what Mike Tomlin does. And it, I know it's well documented that he's had uh, nothing but winning seasons or 500 seasons throughout his coaching tenure. I don't see how, if you're a Steelers fan, you can be upset with that. Okay, you don't have the roster to, to win playoff games and whatever. Okay, yeah, I understand that frustration. But somebody's got to get this man a quarterback. Like, I, I, I said this to, to uh, uh, somebody yesterday when we were talking about the Steelers and how they got in and all this. Their window is not super wide open. They have some guys that are aging on that roster. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you go into this offseason, Mason Rudolph says bye-bye, he's a free agent. Mitch Trubisky says bye-bye, he's a free agent. And you have um, Kenny Pickett 
still on your roster and you need another quarterback. Personally, I'm not comfortable going into next season with Kenny Pickett. But if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, can I interest you in a Kirk Cousins to play with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren? Because what would this team do with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback? I'm pretty sure that this team would win a playoff game or two. So I think that that's a conversation that they have to seriously consider. But as it pertains to this weekend, like they don't have TJ Watt. That's a massive loss for their defense. They haven't been able to, you know, be super effective on offense. Although I know Mason Rudolph in the two previous games to that, that monsoon game on Saturday was pretty good. I just don't see a situation where they can beat the Bills. I think I saw somewhere that the Bills are 10-point favorites. Uh, by the way, don't bet that because the Bills never cover double-digit <laughs> spreads. Like, don't ever do that. Um, do I think that the Pittsburgh defense under Mike Tomlin can keep it close? I do. Uh, I, it's probably like a seven-point game because that's just the way the Bills are. Um, but I don't see, a, I don't see a, a scenario in which they win this. If they do, um, I will be wallowing away in my own sorrow, and somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers will be on to the divisional round, which would be quite shocking at this point. Nine and a half point favorites, totals 37 and a half. Looks like it's going to be some bad weather off Gross. the lake. Oh, wonderful. That's exactly because we know what happens when the Bills play in bad weather. Oh, like the playoff game last year against the Bengals in the snow. Mm. You know, that snow team that mm. Buffalo has. Yeah, they're super good. Yeah, they can do all these things in the snow. They couldn't even build a snowman in that game. That's how bad it was. So uh, I don't love the idea of bad weather in Orchard Park for a game because, uh, well, I have PTSD as a Bills fan. Hmm, fair enough. I enjoyed that game. Who day? Uh, anyways, yeah, Matt, no <laughs> uh, always enjoy the chat, man. Uh, have a great show. We'll be listening. Uh, the fan checkdown comes up at noon. All thoughts, uh, maybe some of the thoughts you heard here, but probably a whole bunch of fresh ones as well. Thanks for taking some time, man. Anytime, guys. There you go. Matt Marchese, the host of the Fan Checkdown. Love that guy. The Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, that comes up at noon today, and yeah, you can tell. He loves the NFL. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. our boy George. Loves him some NFL. Oh, yeah. And uh, very dialed. Um, Bills fan. Oof. That's a rough... I mean, look, I mean, Raider fan. Raider I can't fan. really yeah. say a whole lot. It's been a new... Miserable existence who's, my entire who's life. Who's feeling but. his best today? Well, it's the guy in the green over, oh, yeah. our, over between us here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brett Favre shorts on. Yeah, uh, he's got his Brett, Brett Favre whale tail on. <laughs> he's got his uh, Devontae Adams socks on. Do you own a cheese head? Yep. Do yeah. you actually? Yep. You should. Where is it? Where do you so keep it? Why you're not wearing it right it's, now? I'll... Where bring it out on big occasions, like because it, it hurts my spot. neck. What, it hurts my what, neck. What, oh, that's oh it's yeah, very heavy. heavy. So I don't know how those people like wear it at, like Lambo all game, like for three hours. That thing, it's heavy on your head. Next neck training. As I was I'll bring watching, it in Friday. I'll as, bring it in Friday. Is is this weekend a big enough game for you to oh. wear the cheese head? Well, you, hear, you know the, Cow- the Packers have never lost at AT and T Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won the first Super Bowl in that stadium. Obviously, there was all Aaron Rodgers games, but like the last time there, Aaron Jones popped off for four touchdowns. So good vibes going in to that stadium. There should be tons of Packer fans at AT and T as well. So as I was watching fun. the game, I was wondering, have you ever been to Lambeau to watch them play? I've never watched the Packers. I live. think I, I oh, knew wow. that you yeah. had not seen. Them Next live year before. they go to Seattle and L.A. So those are two possibilities, maybe. You got to go to Lambeau. Had, at some I think point. we've had yeah, this conversation before, a, a and Lambeau's hard me. to get to. It is like the Green, there's not really direct flights to you'd be Green fl- Bay, Wisconsin. You'd be flying into Chicago and then driving up. And I have heard that the worst place to do a transfer is Chicago. 
Oh, I can imagine. Because it is chaotic. Mm. Yeah. Unless you have like four or five hours. Unless Calgary it's a flies direct place. to Milwaukee, that would probably be the best other option. Other than that, it's probably just Calgary to Chicago. I don't think Calgary to Milwaukee is a regular. I don't think that's no, a, that, that doesn't doesn't exist. feel like one that came up a whole lot I when I was writing about flight deals. Milwaukee flights here. Uh, you could have told me Milwaukee didn't have an airport, and I probably would have believed you. Chicago's <laughs> about an hour and a half, two oh, hours yeah. to Green Bay. All so. of these have connecting flights. Yeah. yeah. It'll take you a tidy 13 hours to get to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, no oh, thanks, man. but there's probably a direct to Chicago. You drive that, like road trip that thing. Exactly. How, okay. Might as well just drive. It's like You, you, us- you usually got to stop off at Illuminati headquarters in Denver. So 18 hours, is, I know, to Winnipeg. and then It's a 23-hour drive okay, to yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, so just go south. Of, okay, you don't even have to go to Manitoba. Hmm. Go through Saskatchewan next. Okay. Yeah. You can just stop off, uh, no, stop off in my hometown for the night, and then uh, carry on. There you go. We're uh, we gotta get Patty DeLambo. I think yeah. that's what we gotta do. I would love to go. Uh, hey, do you know what this is a perfect time to do? Yeah. Check out our NFL Big Bets, okay. brought to you by Sports Select. You can prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select pools. Make your picks at SportsSelect.com. Must be eighteen plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, we made through our our picks of the weekend. Uh, we had the Houston Indianapolis game. Patty had the Colts plus. George had the over. I had the Texans to cover. I was right. They were wrong. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville was a five point favorite against the Titans. We all took the Titans plus the points. That one hit. Mm-hmm. The Panthers were a four and a half point dog to the Buccaneers. And they had opportunities to score. They had the touchdown, yeah. almost and touchdown, and ended up being a, a touchback. Nine points is the difference in that one. You and I both had the Panthers plus the points. George had the under. He cashed there. Uh, we also had the Packers and the Bears. The Pack were favored by three. Patty had his Packers. That hit. I had the under. That hit. George had the Bears plus the points. We had the D- Dallas-Washington game. Only George got that one right. He had the over. I had the under. Patty had Washington plus 13. What and then thinking? we had the final game, <laughs> um, Buffalo and Miami. Buffalo was favored by three down in Miami. You and I, Patty, both had the under. George had the over. In the end, I was 4-2 and two this week. You were both 3-3. Three and three. The standings look like this. I am 66-40-2. and two. Patty is 55, 50, and three. George is 52, 54, and two. 108 uh, games we picked. It is getting close down at the bottom of the standings there, obviously. I got a top. Yeah, I got I to gotta have a good wild card week here. You guys are a little ways back. Three games. Game. Three games is too just little trying, of a lead. Just trying to do some math here. That's 26 games over 500. Okay. It's a good so run. I'm going to make sure I write that down. Yeah, it's back-to-back years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, find our two of the big show wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or Google. Around the corner, a couple things that we still have to do. Uh, number one, I see GVP has been listening to another show while we're doing our show. <laughs> doing my job, man. I, I know. I am saying it like that, but I'm actually really appreciative of what you've done. Uh, can you give us a little hint of something that you heard that we're going to share on the program after the break? Well, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, they host a show called 32 Thoughts oh. a Podcast. <laughs> and um, he, he briefly talked about the weekend that was for the Calgary Flames reacting to that loss to the Blackhawks. And if that has kind of changed... Uh, the Flames' thoughts on potentially signing Noah Hannafin. Ooh. 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 
boy, has that gone every single direction this year, hey? Yeah. Oh, it's done this weekend. Oh, no, they lose six in a row. Cold feet, not going to sign. Mm. Remember, he wants to go back to the States. Oh, yep. no, change his mind again. Here we go. All right, we will uh, We'll listen to that around the corner. It's a bit lengthy, but that's okay. Nothing but time. One more segment to go. Big show, Russick and Rose, no Russick. I'll be back on Thursday. But until then, just us, Sports at 960 The Fan. We're back in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Been a great show so far. Crushing Matt, it. Matt Marchese joined us down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline in the last segment. Brent Cron was in. He was very impassioned about physicality in the NHL yeah. and where it is going. Punched me on the way out. It felt like up. we needed more time, but we mm-hmm. had to get to Matt Marchese because Matt has a show to do at nine. Right. So we're going to have to dive into a few things uh, when Brent joins us on Wednesday morning. Just give him come back tomorrow. <laughs> Just come back in. Start yelling. <laughs> I would love that, but we cannot <laughs> overwork our man. He does have a real job selling solutions. Right. But he like, and like a family and like But he what? does have to yell about hockey things here too. Yeah, you know, like I point. feel like I feel like that was therapeutic for I him. I think yesterday. there was a cathartic tone to yeah. the end of that. We yeah, helped him. hundred percent. Uh tomorrow on the show though, uh we're hoping to have Francis, typically joins us on Tuesdays. Uh, we're hoping to have CD, Charles Davis, yeah, he'll usually join us, us on Mondays, yeah. but uh, traveling a little bit today. So everything that we couldn't cover with Matt in that 20-minute limited snap, we'll get into with Charles Davis. Because as much as there's a lot of playoff implications, there's a lot of teams that also start looking at the offseason. Is Antonio Pierce going to be the next head coach of the Raiders, Pete? I hope so. I want him to be. I would love for I him to be. I want him back. I think he's done a good job. But yeah. the other thing, too, is apparently Harbaugh is pretty high on that list for Mr. Davis. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how tonight goes. Uh, they play the college football final, the college football playoff final. Championship National championship. Game. What am I? Okay, thank you. Um, 5.30 tonight, yep. Michigan and uh, Washington. Washington, the Huskies. I'm, I'm excited. I don't, know if it, like, I don't know if people have been really watching college football, but Kirk Herbstreet has this beautiful dog named Ben. It's a golden retriever. Yeah, this You've is seen a him rolling around very on, uh, highly debated he, thing because yeah, he's in, got in his contract, yeah. the contract that he has with, I believe it's ESPN, is that he has to have a... Uh, seat for the dog on the plane. Yeah. There has to be a hotel that they, that can house the dog. The dog does not stay he's at got, home he's a when Kirk goes dog. on the road. He's a registered therapy dog. He, he goes on the field yeah. with him when he goes and talks to the players yeah. pregame. I'm excited to meeting between Dubs and Ben. Dubs is the Washington Husky. Oh, the actual oh okay. live Husky. Mm. I'm waiting to see their meeting. He's already met Uga, the Georgia Bulldog. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to see him. One of the meeting at, at at the field today between Dubs and Ben, I, and hopefully Michigan leaves their actual live Wolverine at home. Yeah, keep the Wolverine at home. Yep. Don't need the Wolverine because that's that's just gonna be a disaster. I don't even know if they have a live Wolverine. I would hope uh, not. That would be horrifying. <laughs> LSU has a tiger. They have a tiger on the camp. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at Mike all. That's the, a very Mike very, the very down in the yeah. bayou. They have, <laughs> they, have, they, have a, they have a little enclosure. That, that was definitely an Ed Orgeron thing. <laughs> yeah. Why we only got one? <laughs> I can't do a good ad, so I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> yeah, you won't talk for the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. Don't go, Joe. I can't do an worker on this early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will get into all that with Charles Davis tomorrow. We're gonna try and get Francis. Uh, this William Nylander contract is apparently done. Eight years, eleven and a quarter or a half. Half. Yeah. Eleven and a half million per. 
Full no move. We're going to see if Justin Bourne can join us tomorrow to talk about the contract or somebody out of the Toronto network will be able to join us to stop by to talk about that as well. So that's mm-hmm. what we're planning for tomorrow. Um, before we leave today, uh, talked about it before we hit the break. 32 Thoughts, the new podcast has dropped. Comes out every Monday, every Friday. If you're a hockey fan and you're not listening, give your head a shake. Yeah. Uh, the latest 32 Thoughts just dropped. Comes out usually around 8 o'clock every Monday. Uh, and GVP frantically tries to find the flame stuff while we do the show. And look what he's found today. It's a little bit long. Um, buckle in. But it is about Elliot Freeman, the Flames, and Noah Hannafin. Quick thought on the uh, on the Flames here. Uh, now it puts them on the wrong side of 500. Um, we thought that was going to be the tap-in game for the Calgary Flames. Jonathan Huberdeau, by the way, now playing with the white tape again. Interesting for those of you who care about things like that. He snapped his slump when he went to the black tape, and now he's back to the white. Welcome to the triviality that Your is Your buddy, podcast. Mark Savard, keeping us all guessing. Oh, man, savvy. Taping twigs with savvy, I'm telling you. It's that the great YouTube sensation. Uh, actually- thoughts on the Flames on this one? Well, I, I thought they played really well in, in Philadelphia on Saturday. That was a great game on Saturday afternoon, and they just got beat, unfortunately. But, you know, you can't have that. If you're trying to compete for the playoffs, and they are, you, you can't lose games like that. It's, it's, it's very disappointing, and it's very disheartening. And, you know, I can understand why Flames fans would be emotional. And I'm sure the organization is emotional after a game like that. You, you hate it. Um, you know, I mean, you hate it and it's, it's embarrassing. Like you feel embarrassed for 24 hours after something like that. Um, you know, the, the thing about the Flames is Hannafin, it's wild. He had a big extension at the beginning of the year. And in the neighborhood of 60 million. And after a couple losses, he kind of changed his mind. They, they had a verbal agreement, basically. He changed his mind and it went away. And they saw what the market was for him. And now I heard they're talking again. And, you know, there, there's, there's differing degrees of belief on how significant there is. There are some people who think that... There have been some momentum. There are some people who say it's not really a huge change from before. It was always open. But I thought when that extension didn't happen at the beginning of the year, any chance that Hannafin was staying was over. And, you know, he still might end up getting traded, but I I, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's 100% a guarantee. And the one thing about Hannafin is he's younger. He's 27. So I think there's a feeling that there's, there's, it makes sense in some ways maybe to keep him. Now, again, as I said Saturday night, that's no guarantee, and we'll see where things go closer to the deadline. But, you know, one thing I really thought was that there was no chance he was going to stay in Calgary. And I had a couple people telling me on the weekend, it's, it's not no chance. I think there's, there's a possibility but I, I don't know how to handicap it. I, I really don't. Okay, we're going to get to Nylander soon, folks, but more American content first. Um, well, the end probably didn't need that GVP, but the bad cuts. Yeah. Bad cuts. <laughs> That's okay, a rush cut. Well, now I'm that a great teach for the podcast. Yeah, now I want to know what's coming up. What about American? Nylander? What about American? Yeah. Whoa. Nylander um, and American content? What? What? <laughs> 
I love how like Merrick's guy. Like, don't worry, we're gonna get to the Nylander yeah. league fans. <laughs> don't panic. I know that if we put it at the start, you guys will leave twenty minutes in. <laughs> I put it at the end and just be like, "Hey, what are your thoughts on it? It's good. It's All right, good. all right, we're show. done. You know, good for me. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Noah Hannafin. Um, they've gone back and forth. Sure. Uh, the number sounds kind of what we had expected. What do you say? Sixty million dollars in there mm. on an eight-year term. Yep. That comes out to seven and a half, I want to say, something like that. Uh, eight to buy eight would be 64, so yeah. seven and a half makes sense. Mental math on the fly. Um, a guy who has played 638 games, is 26 years old. Is it crazy to think that there's another 600 games left in this player? Not at all, because I nope. think this is guy- it crazy to think that there's 600 games over eight seasons left in this player. This has been a guy that's been healthy since he entered the NHL, and he hasn't really shown any sort of wear and tear. And I get that happens with age, but I think this is a guy that takes care of his body. I think he's in good mm-hmm. shape. I think he he really take wants to be that that guy with like to to play longer, like to get a. a- 20 year career that could we're not wouldn't be surprised me if we're thinking Noah Hanovan plays still playing when he's 41 years old yeah wouldn't surprise me I think it, like we said this is the one deal that if out of any of the UFAs this is the one you want to make because of just this the he still has that that kind of young even uh, if you have a bad year yeah. or two here in the next couple of seasons if he the turns it around in the back end an anchor no it, no no you no. lock him in for seven eight years he's 33 34 at the end of it and especially still... if the ca- if and if we're talking about seven yeah. and a half mil and the cap is a hundred million dollars in four or five years yeah all of a sudden you're laughing all the way to the bank that's incredible it's a very similar to value to what they're playing on right now mm-hmm. the issue is we know this all the other teams know it as well and he if you were going to to move him leading up to the deadline and you wanted to try to reset things, you are getting, I think, a pretty decent haul for him. The, like, I, I'm not saying... I'm thinking you're getting top prospect, first-round pick, and a, and a player to make the money work. Yeah, which is a, a very fine thing if you're trying to retool or rebuild or whatever. And so that that's you, you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of it. Yes, having a 26-year-old Noah Hannafin, I would like to have that on my team. But if you can turn it into to three different things and help you out going forward instead of locking into a mid team that just lost to the Blackhawks and not to overreact to one game. But I, I just don't know how much of this team I want to really be locking into, you know, they also don't have a lot in the cupboard as far as defenseman goes, you know, Oliver Shillington's taking some steps. That's big for the team. Weger yeah. and Anderson are here for the next little bit. Weger much more so than, than Anderson. We'll, we'll probably be having this conversation about number four in, in a couple of years time as well. Yeah. But I think the expectation is Tanev is gone. You know, I, I, we talked about an extension for Dennis Gilbert the other day. I think that's a really pertinent thing that you could do. Get him in a low money for a couple of years is a little bit of a stopgap. Someone who I think has shown that, you know, he can play in an elevated role in a kind of middle pair type of guy with a better defenseman that he can defer to a lot. He can handle that type of a role. But I just thought it was interesting coming from Hannafin. I want to ask you a few questions here. Like okay. after hearing that from Elliot and Jeff, once again, from the 32 thoughts that just dropped earlier this morning. Get it wherever you grab your pods. Um, percentage, maybe, thought, gut feeling on a few of the players staying. We'll start with Noah Hannafin. Did that, A, did that change for you based on what you've heard over the last six to seven minutes? Mm-hmm. And B, what's that number at? At the beginning of the season, like Elliot said, that number was zero. Like yep. he was gone. See ya. Yeah, I, I thought I was surprised he started the season with the team, quite frankly. Like that that felt like an off season one. Um, so I, I was surprised at that. I am still I'm still sixty percent that he's gone. 
but for it to have jumped from zero to 40 Mm -hmm. is is pretty significant but it, it does feel like he is waiting for this team to go on like a real big run to show that he should stay here and i just don't think this team has that. So mm. I, I feel like eventually this is going to lead to, nah, I'd rather be in the States and, and he's gone. But I, I do think it's pretty close now. Where are you at on that? Yeah, I'm pretty, I think he's still going to get traded. Um, You know, stuff like this coming out is always good for other teams that want to try to acquire him. Yeah. To almost create that idea that no, we're not up against a wall with this player. We'll keep him. We'll yep. do it. Yeah, yeah. Watch us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll keep this twenty-six-year-old former first-round pick that's going to skate six hundred more games and every year is going to get you at least forty-five points. Yeah. We'll keep him. Yeah. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. Yeah. Don't make just, me. Just send a picture of the contract with Conroy's signature on yeah. it to every team. Look, we got it right Look, here. It's right here. Yeah. It's right here, bud. Yeah. The other guy's got to come sign it, but it's right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Tanev. Oh, like uh, five percent that he stays. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's basically gone. Yeah, to a contender. I think Chris Tanev is. If you're a team at the top, you're thinking Chris Tanev is your final piece for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. The Leafs uh, really posturing themselves too lately. Hey, with that latest report. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the fourth round pick they get from Toronto for that sure. uh, for, yeah. for Tanev. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to trade either of our prospects that were at the World Juniors. You definitely can't have sh- uh, Nyes. Whatever Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Uh, first round picks. Those are off the table. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put your <laughs> and. And you need to eat like half his salary, by right. the way, because we can't fit anything in. We just, <laughs> it's just a mess. That's how we do business over it's just here. How, it's just how yeah. we run it. Uh, price don't, make, the game. don't make us do it. We're the Leafs. <laughs> don't make us do it. <laughs> what about uh, Elias Lindholm? Uh, 10% that he stays. Mm. So 90% that, that he is gone. I just see so many teams out there. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't see a trade partner for some of these guys. Like with all three of these guys, I'm like four or five teams. Right. Well, at the at the trade deadline, every contenders, what does this team need? Well, maybe a bit more depth down the middle and some help on the blue line. Well, check, check, check. Yeah. All, all three of these guys, right? Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah. You who want do- all of them? Right. We can do all of them. We can do all of them right now. Yeah. Like, like who who doesn't need a top two line center or like a, a top four defenseman? Who mm. like what team right now is going? Ah, you know what? Probably good. Yeah. Feel like we're good down the middle on the blue line. Yeah. We no one gets hurt there. We we're not not in need of some high end talent there. No, I, I think the Flames will really set up a couple of teams for quite a bit of success. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have some teams to cheer on, cheer for just because of some of the the right. players that we've grown to love here. Mm-hmm. Or cheer for their on. catastrophic failure so the draft picks get better. Mm. Depends on what the draft picks are too. Yeah. A lot on the table here. A lot of moving parts. Flames, Coyotes tomorrow. Flames, Senators tomorrow. There Flames, Coyotes Thursday. I've done that like four times today. Um, <laughs> Just so fired up for the Yotes, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Love to those see trips the to the mullet. Yeah. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. They're fun little. It's like, like it's it's definitely not getting old. like you never it's it's that type of arena where like you could actually watching the Jets Coyotes last night and after the game, uh, the Jets salute one of the boxes mm. in the arena because you can actually do that. Yeah, you can actually yeah. see it's it. It's just the mentors. You can it's, like it's, yell at them. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's yeah. a mentors box, and they're just like, yeah, cheer all sticks raised. Like no other arena, you can do that. <laughs> it's so funny they're talking about different Olympic venues, and oh, I don't know if that's a big enough venue to house it. Like, really. 
<laughs> you're gonna have a team in the playoffs this year probably with three thousand people at that game. <laughs> really? Like I get Canadians can come across it as elitist about this sport every now and then, but the the oh, isn't that fun? Has worn off entirely. Yep. This is embarrassing. Change it. Um, hey Pat, I didn't realize the Jets have won six in a row. You had yourself a pretty good sports weekend, hey? <laughs> The Jets are 17-1-2 over their last 20. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Um, this is why, <laughs> just a quick aside, I know it's me. two different teams, but um, this is why the whole, oh, the Flames were tired going into Chicago. Jets just played six games in nine days. What'd they do? Won six games in nine days. Yeah, without Kyle Connor. Without Kyle Connor. Yeah, so spare me that, oh, they were tired. I, I don't Shut think we up. did that in, on the show at all. That wasn't us. That was directed at. I don't know who, but the general world. Anybody who says ah schedule, they're tired. Yeah, you know, back to back day game. You get them, Pete. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. All three of us plus GVP plus GVP. How about that? And whatever other podcast he's listening to. Yeah. <laughs> What's coming up in the next hour? Uh, I think GVP's got some replay stuff. I got an appointment, so yeah. Oh yeah. Can you handle it, GVP? Yeah, we're gonna replay uh, Mr. Brink Cron. Great stuff with him today, as yeah. always. Salty dog at the end. Oh, yeah. Salty. Yeah, he got fired up. As he should. Uh, he's also given us a couple of notes for his next visit on Wednesday that we didn't really get to get to from the weekend. Uh, and looking forward to that as well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday, friends. Stay warm out there. It is so darn cold. Stay warm and uh, don't slide all over the roads. Keep your lights on. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever winter stuff. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog. <laughs>